You are listening to The Ace, Alex Cardinal Entertainment Network, with your host, the crazy Alex Cardinal from Springfield, Massachusetts. You can expect the unexpected on The Ace Network. Now, on to today's show. You are listening to Aquatic Wetline Live from Ace Network. The Aquatic Wetline is the first and original aquarium-keeping podcast that specifically focuses on freshwater fish, and it will continue to focus on freshwater fish. The Aquatic Wetline will discuss everything freshwater from Oscar cichlids and other South and Central America cichlids to catfish, tetras, barbs, and more. Plus, we will also chat saltwater and reptiles. You can expect nothing but the best on Aquatic Wetline. Now let's dive deep into the fish tank and see what our fishy friends have to say tonight. Now, from Ace Network Studios, here is your host, the monster fish lover himself, Oscar Alex Cardinelli. The Aquatic Wetline is brought to you by Akari Sales USA, School of Fish, Inc., Fish Frenzy Tropical Fish, and Blue View Aquatics. Don't forget to head to your local fish store or pet shop to pick up some Hikari products, such as our famous Hikari Bio-Pure Frozen Foods, which include delicious treats such as bloodworms, mysis shrimp, brine shrimp, and more. If you live in Western Massachusetts, be sure to stop by School of Fish, Inc. and Fish Frenzy Tropical Fish for the finest quality in freshwater and saltwater livestock, fish tanks, and more. Now, let's get on with the podcast. Remember, you can download today's podcast via iTunes or by simply going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash aquaalex. Now, Aqua Alex, take it away. to the Aquatic Wetline here on Ace Network. I'm your host, Aqua Alice Cardinelli, and today I bring to you a brand new fish series here on the Aquatic Wetline. The name of this series is Tropical Fish Tuesday Freshwater Mania. Basically, this series is going to be me and my co-host, Jeff, talking about our personal favorite freshwater fish species. Yes, us as freshwater fish keepers, we have a lot of favorite freshwater fish species, and Jeff and I are going to talk about them live every Tuesday here on the Aquatic Wetline. So this is going to be a weekly series where every week we're going to talk about a brand new fish species that is one of our favorite species that we either are currently keeping or we have kept in the past. So it's going to be one of those new series for me that I am going to get really used to, and hopefully I'll like it, and hopefully you, the listeners, will like and enjoy it and learn a lot because I am very happy to share my fish-keeping experiences 
with all of you. Now, unfortunately, I don't think my co-host, Fishkeeper Jeff, is going to make it tonight. He's out working. So I don't think Jeff is going to make it tonight. And Jeff was going to talk about the freshwater puffer fish today. But we're going, to, we're going to move the freshwater puffer fish topic until next Tuesday here on our second episode of Tropical Fish Tuesday Freshwater Mania. So next Tuesday, freshwater fish keeper Jeff, our co-host, should be here, and we'll talk about the freshwater puffers then. But tonight, I'm going to talk about all my personal favorite fish species that I am currently keeping and have kept in the past. So there are a lot of species of fish that I'm going to talk about tonight that I've mentioned briefly in the past here on the aquatic wetline, but tonight I am going to focus deeply on the species of fish. So some species of fish you are going to hear tonight include the Sinbar Silver Dollar, Mylish Rumbaki, the Red Hook Silver Dollar, Mylias Rubberopinus, the Tinfoil Bar, the Common Silver Dollar, Mentinus Argentus, the four-line Pimadella catfish, Pimadella blotchi, the Synodontus eruptus catfish, and some other, fi- other fish species that I kept and have currently kept in the past I'll talk about tonight as well. So with that being said, today's show is being broadcast live like every single episode of the ACE Network. So if there's any live fish keepers listening to the show, you're more than welcome to go ahead and call in. The call-in number is 1-347-989-8142. And you can call in to ask any tropical fish questions you might have or discuss your favorite freshwater fish species. That's the goal for this series. I want the fish keepers to interact, and I want them to tell us what their favorite fish species are. I love callers, so you're welcome to call in and tell me your favorite freshwater fish species. I know there are a lot of freshwater fish lovers out there, so hopefully we'll hear from some of them tonight. That's 1-347-989-8142. And you must dial 1 if you'd like to be live on the show. That way I know you want to call in and speak with the host. So hopefully tonight I'll hear from some fish keepers and they'll talk to us about their favorite fish because I love fish keepers and I love the fish keeping hobby. So hopefully we'll hear from some of the fellow fish keepers. Now I'm going to go ahead and get started. I got quite a lot of species that I am going to be talking about tonight. So I'll start with the silver dollars because I always love silver dollars. I've been keeping silver dollars since I first got in the aquarium hobby, and I seem to love them. I can't ever stay away from them. You think that uh, I think that I would leave the silver dollar side of the freshwater hobby, but I just seem to love the silver dollars. They're like a cool, peaceful piranha species that can live with other fish. Yes, silver dollars actually belong in the piranha family, but they're not as aggressive as piranhas, and they can live with other fish. So I guess that's why I like silver dollars so much. Now, I've had the fortune of keeping many varieties of silver dollars. I've kept a common Mentinus Argentus silver dollars. I am currently keeping the Mylius Rubberopinus Red Hook silver dollars, and I've got two Mylius Strumbaki Sinbar silver dollars, which I'm going to be talking about 
in a minute here. So right now I have a total of seven silver dollars. I've got two Mentis Argentis. I've got three Miley's Rubber Alpinus. And I've got the two Sinbar varieties of the Miley's Strumbaki. Now, if anyone was looking to add some large Tetras to their Oscar cichlid tank or their larger cichlid tank, I'd say sewer dollars are your best option because sewer dollars are very easy to care for. They get pretty big, and they can handle being cased without dying or getting stressed out. Plus, sewer dollars are very nice looking. They've got some beautiful colors, and a lot of people are attracted to them because they remind them of vegetable-eating piranhas, which is one of the reasons why I like silver dollars. So silver dollars are pretty darn awesome. So that's a pretty good introduction to silver dollars because over the next 10 minutes or so, I'm going to be talking about silver dollars right here, right now, on our first episode of Tropical Fish Tuesday, Freshwater Mania. So I'll start with the Sinbar variety of the Black Bar Silver Dollars. Now, luckily for me, I've been able to own both varieties of the Black Bar Silver Dollars. I have owned several species of the Wide Bar variety. Now, the Wide Bar variety of the Black Bar Silver Dollar has a nice ember blue hook and a very wide bar and some orange coloration. Now, I've always said that the wide bar variation of the Black Bar Silver Dollar is like a mini Paku, in my personal opinion, because the wide bar variation of the Black Bar Silver Dollar gets pretty big. The wide bar Silver Dollar can get anywhere from 12 to 14 inches in length, and they would need a pretty big tank. Plus, you add the fact that Black bar silver dollars need to school. So it's a wide bar silver dollar and a school that grows anywhere from 12 to 14 inches. You're looking at a 180-gallon aquarium at the least to a 300-gallon aquarium. So obviously me having a 120-gallon aquarium, I couldn't own a wide bar variety. So for the first time ever, I turned to the thin bar black bar silver dollars. And the thin bar silver dollars are actually very nice looking. They have a nice red hook, a nice small black bar, and some orange coloration. They're a very nice fish. And I got my two Sinbar Silver Dollars from Fish Ranger Tropical Fish right here in South Hadley, Massachusetts. And anyone from Western Massachusetts who is into Silver Dollars, Ed Picard at Fish Frenzy is the man to go to. Now, I paid... $50 for both of my Sinbar Silver Dollars, so that was about 25 each, and that's the price they're going to pay for Sinbar Silver Dollars. Wide Bar Silver Dollars are going to cost you a much more pretty penny because the Wide Bar variety is much, 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 much more rarer than the Sinbar variety is. So always keep that in mind. But the Sinbar variety is kind of rare but not as rare as the wide bar variety is. So I got a deal on them, two Sinbar Seward Hours, 25 each, both for 50. And right now they're currently about three inches each, I'd say. Now, Sinbar Seward Hours are a lot like their cousins, the wide bar Seward Hours, in the fact that they will get pretty big for a Seward Hour. Um, Sinbar Seward Hours will go anywhere from six to eight inches in length, but they will do fine 
and a 75-gallon aquarium, working your way up to a 150-gallon aquarium. Now, with the Sinbar sewer dollars, I would say they would need um, to be kept in schools of at least three or four or more, depending on how many uh, black bar sewer dollars your local fish or pet store has. I've noticed with black black bar sewer dollars up here in Western Massachusetts, anytime my fish stores bring them in, they only bring them in they only bring in two or three at a time, and that may be because they're not as famous up here in Western Mass, as they are all over the other places in the United States of America. For some reason, sewer dollars really aren't that popular down here in Western Mass. I mean, I'm probably the only freshwater fish keeper who loves sewer dollars in Western Mass. That is until I meet someone else that loves sewer dollars. But the Sinbar sewer dollars are very nice. They are the sewer dollars that you see. In today's slideshow, they are the first picture that you're going to see if you're listening to today's show on Blog Talk Radio. And if you're listening to today's show on YouTube, there's also a picture of a black bar silver dollar there as well, and that is a thin bar silver dollar that you are seeing. So as you can see, they have some beautiful coloration. They've got that thin bar. They've got a nice orange to red hook. And it's got some orange coloration near their gills. Very, very beautiful fish. Now, you could bring more orange color out of your thin bar silver dollar by feeding some good quality foods. I would recommend feeding market shrimp because market shrimp brings out a lot of beautiful orange coloration in any fish. But in silver dollars, especially black bar silver dollars and red hooks, I noticed that when I feed market shrimp and krill, it brings out that deep, intense orange coloration that I'm, I'm after. I want my sewer dollars to be very beautiful, so in order for my sewer dollars to be very beautiful, I feed them some krill and shrimp and bloodworms to bring out that deep red coloration. So as I said, these guys will grow to be anywhere from 16 inches in length, and they can be kept as pretty much anything. Sinbar sewer dollars will not kill any fish, but they may eat little guppies or little small neon tetras. So they're best suited to be kept with fish that are similar to their size. So you can keep thin bar sewer dollars with other sewer dollars, of course. You can keep them with um, angelfish. You can keep them with larger cichlids like Jack Dempsey's, Oscars, Severums, Waru, chocolate cichlids, etc. Just keep them with something similar to their size and don't keep them with fish like red tail cats or armored puma or anything monstrous because they'll be a very expensive lunch to those monster fish. Now, the thin bar sewer dollar is not a picky eater. They'll eat both vegetables and meat, so they're not picky by any means of the imagination. Now, my thin bar sewer dollars are eating Hikari cichlid gold pellets, Hikari krill, Hikari frozen bloodworms, market shrimp, and they love krill. I've never seen a sewer dollar love krill as much as my two Sinbar sewer dollars do. I also feed them lettuce, cucumber, and zucchini on special occasion because I usually feed the cucumber and zucchini to my L128 blue phantom pleco and my ginormous common placostomus. But the Sinbar sewer dollars will eat them faster than the plecos will ever get to them. But... Overall, the Sinbar Silver Dollar is a very hardy fish, even though it is kind of pricey, but 
I feel that the beginners could keep the Sinbar Sewer Dollar if they were interested in Sewer Dollars. Now, someone's going to ask me, I bet you someone's going to ask me, are they a piranha? No, the Sinbar Sewer Dollar is not a piranha, not even close to being a piranha, but they are in the same family as piranhas, but their teeth does not tear through fresh. Rather, their teeth is used for vegetation. They use their teeth to eat vegetables and things of that nature. And Sinbar sewer dollars can be kept with other sewer dollars and other species of freshwater tropical fish. Now, I recommend keeping these Sinbar sewer dollars with other South American fish because that's where they do best. Keep them with other South American fish and don't mix them with African cichlids or anything of that nature because the Sinbar sewer dollars do not come from the Amazon. Sinbar sewer dollars do not come from Africa where there's high pH. The Sinbar sewer dollars come from the Amazon where there's a neutral pH. 6.8, 7.4 is what your Sinbar sewer dollars will do best in. So always keep that in mind. All right, so I think I pretty much covered everything for the Sinbar sewer dollars. If you have any questions on the Sinbar sewer dollars, please go ahead and call in 1-347-989-8142, and I'd be happy to answer your questions on the Sinbar sewer dollar, Miley's Strumbaki. Very cool sewer dollar. All right, so the next sewer dollar I want to talk about is another personal favorite of mine. This is a sewer dollar I've always liked growing up. I always had one of these sewer dollars in my aquarium, and that is the Mylia Sororopinus Red Hook sewer dollars. I think the Red Hook sewer dollars are very nice looking, and if you love big tetras, you got to have a Red Hook sewer dollar in your tank, in my personal experience. I love the Red Hook Silver Dollars. Now, the Red Hook Silver Dollars do get quite large. They get about 8 to 12 inches in length, but generally, in my personal experience, I have never seen a Red Hook bigger than 9 inches. So, I'd say the total length of a full-grown Red Hook Silver Dollar is anywhere from 8 to 10 inches. And obviously, with Silver Dollars that grow that big, I'd say a 90-gallon to a 180-gallon aquarium is sufficient for Red Hook Silver Dollars. Obviously, if you can get bigger than a 180, kudos to you. But 90 to 180-gallon aquariums is perfect for a Red Hook Silver Dollar. Now, the best things that I like about the Red Hook Silver Dollar is that they are actually carnivorous. They prefer meat over vegetables, do the Red Hook Silver Dollar. Now, I'm not saying don't feed them vegetarian foods because they are a Silver Dollar after all, and most Silver Dollar species will eat vegetables. What I'm saying is you should provide your Red Hooks with plenty of meat as well. My Red Hook Silver Dollars eat quill, market shrimp, bloodworms, brine shrimp, Akari cichlid gold pellets, Akari cichlid sticks, and occasionally they will eat some earthworms that the Oscars and my Jack and my Severums don't get. So as you can see, Red Silver Dollars aren't picky eaters by any means of the imagination. Now, they also will pick at the cucumber and the lettuce and all of the vegetables that are left for my L128 Blue Phantom Plecos and my Common Pleco, but they're pretty much going to eat anything as well. So the Red Silver Dollar is a very cool-looking fish. Now, I noticed that when the water temperatures gets too low, um, 
they tend to get an ick. Red oaks develop ick if their water gets too low. So I recommend four red oaks over dollars, a temperature range of 68 degrees Fahrenheit to 78 degrees Fahrenheit. Anything lower than that, they're going to start developing ick and becoming stressed out. Remember, all kinds of sewer dollars, all the sewer dollars in the whole entire world come from South America. So keep that in mind, all right? They need warm water, and uh, if you don't have warm water, there's a potential that they can get ick and get very sick. Now, some red oak sewer dollars are going to develop some beautiful coloration as they grow up. Not all red hooks, but a majority of them are going to get some deep orange spots growing on their body that will be very, very cool looking. You're going to say to yourself, well, that's a very cool red hook. I love those kinds of red hooks. The red hooks that get a lot of orange coloration and the ones that look very nice. All right. I like red hooks that have a lot of orange coloration and the ones that look awesome. All right. Now, red hooks, like I said, are pretty common in the aquarium hobby, so I wouldn't expect to pay any more than $15 for one, depending on the size. I got three red hooks at $15 a piece from Fish Country Tropical Fish right here in South Hadley, Mass, at about three inches each. So three inches is a good $15, and anything bigger than three inches, I'd say 25 to 30 may be apical for a red hook silver dollar. So that's my speech on uh, thin bar silver dollars and red hook silver dollars. Now, I think red hook silver dollars are probably probably one of the best silver dollars to have in the aquarium hobby. They're actually a very, very nice fish. Um, naked school, too, you can have three or four of them together. I've got three in my 120-gallon aquarium, and they look pretty beautiful in that tank. They're a very, very nice fish. I definitely enjoy having those red oaks over dollars, and as you mature, some of them are going to develop some beautiful red spots, as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, and their red hooks are actually going to become very nice looking, and you guys are definitely going to enjoy those red hooks over dollars. Now, the last sewer dollar that I will mention is perhaps one of the most common sewer dollar species, and that is the Mentinus argentis regular silver dollar common sewer dollar. These are very easy to keep. They're hardy, and they can live in almost anything. Um, they grow anywhere from 6 to 7 inches in length, and they can live in anything from a 75-gallon tank to a 180-gallon tank, and you can have a nice school with them. They like to be in really big schools, so I recommend at least 5 or 6 sewer dollars to an aquarium, and they can live with anything from Tetras, Garamis, Barbs, to Oscars, Datnoids, Stingrays, Iruanas, etc. Now, the, the common sewer dollar is more of a vegetarian. They're not going to touch your meaty foods. They prefer your vegetarian foods. Although, they will eat anything you throw into the aquarium. I have two regular sewer dollars that pretty much eat anything right now. So... Your best bet is to provide your sewer dollars a stable diet. So I recommend to use some vegetarian flakes, my local fish store, and I'm pretty sure your local fish store and your local pet store is going to have some vegetarian flakes on hand for you to buy for your sewer dollar. And um, sewer dollars will eat anything. But basically, like I'm trying to say to you guys, 
is feed them plenty of vegetarian foods. You can feed them vegetarian flakes, cucumbers, zucchini, lettuce, tomatoes, etc. They'll eat those plus all the other foods thrown for your fish. Now, sewer dollars is so hard that there's not much to talk about. That's why I'm struggling to uh, come up with some things to say. They're very hardy. And, yes, all three of the sewer dollar species that I mentioned tonight can be kept by beginners as long as beginners recognize how big they get and that they are a schooling fish and they need to be kept in schools. I believe that sewer dollars can be kept by beginners in my humble, personal opinion. Now, do I, recommend, do I recommend fish keepers having sewer dollars? Sure as heck I do, um, because I think sewer dollars are an awesome fish. For freshwater fish lovers, I love sewer dollars. My favorite sewer dollars, like I said, are the black bar sewer dollars and the red hook sewer dollars. So that's my chat on sewer dollars for this week's episode of Tropical Fish Mania, and hopefully you guys enjoyed my chat on sewer dollars. Now, I'm just using my sewer dollars to bring some activity and coloration to my tank because without the sewer dollars in my tank, I really had no activity whatsoever, and all I saw swimming in the aquarium was my two Oscars and my Jack Dempsey, and everything else was hiding in my aquarium. So I figured if I had some sewer dollars, I'm going to get some much-needed coloration and much-needed activity. And I've got to tell you, with my nice light on the tank, you can see the deep red coloration in my red hooks and the deep black and red coloration in my thin bar silver dollars. All right, and by the way, before I change the subject of silver dollars, I forgot to tell you guys this, all species of silver dollars come from South America and the Amazon, most specifically, the black bar sewer dollars and the Miolius rubberopinus red sewer dollars. And all of the Miolius species of sewer dollars come from Colombia, Brazil, and Venezuela, while some other species of sewer dollars may come from Peru. All right? So that's my, spe- that's my topic of sewer dollars for tonight. All right. So let's move away from the South America fish for a little while. Let's move away from the South American fish for just a few minutes here. The next fish I want to talk about is a fish that I have kept several times before and it's a fish that I like. Now, as you guys may know, I'm a big monster fish lover. I love all the gigantic fish, but there is one small species of feeder fish that I've always liked, and that was the barb family. I love the barb family, whether they're rose barbs or they're cherry barbs or the tiger barbs. I love all species of barbs. But obviously, any of those smaller species of barbs that would go in an Oscar tank would be lunch to my two tiger Oscars and my large albino Oscar. So I couldn't have any tiger barbs or rosy red barbs because, as we know, they'd be a very expensive lunch for my Oscars. So what did I have to do? Well, I did some research and found out that there is a barb that can live with my Oscars, and I already knew this, but I went ahead and did research anyways, and that was a barb that hails from Southeast Asia, and that is the tinfoil barb, a very common food fish down in Southeast Asia, but they're very common in the aquarium hobby as well. A lot of monster fish heads love using tinfoil barbs in their aquariums, 
as dithers. But I added a tinfoil barbs in my aquarium for some activity, and it looks pretty cool because the tinfoil barbs actually school with my sewer dollars, and I think that's pretty awesome. I really, really, really do enjoy seeing my uh, tinfoil barbs and my sewer dollar school together. Now, here's the funny part. I actually got three tinfoil barbs at $2 a piece at my local Pet Supplies Plus, and I also bought a golden tinfoil barb, $4, at my local Pet Supplies Plus. So the tinfoil barbs aren't really expensive. They're actually a relatively cheap fish. And a lot of fish keepers since the 1970s have been keeping tinfoil barbs. Um, I see them in angelfish tanks. I see them in um, community tanks with karamis and things of that nature. But here's the kicker, folks. Tinfoil barbs are not like your tiger barbs or your rosy red barbs or any of those smaller barbs. They get pretty large. We're talking 12 to 18 inches in total length. Yes, that's right. Tinfoil barbs will get pretty big anywhere from 12 to 18 inches in length. Now, that is going to require a massive aquarium. And on top of that, that tinfoil barbs are a schooling species. They do better in schools. So they're going to need a pretty large tank. You start off anywhere from a 120-gallon aquarium, working your way up to a 300-gallon aquarium. So it is not recommended for beginners to go out and buy tinfoil bars because they can pretty much guarantee you a beginner cannot afford to get at least a 120-gallon aquarium or even a 300-gallon aquarium. And on top of that, that if you keep a tinfoil bar by itself, it's most likely going to have dinner and all the other fish in the aquarium because tinfoil bars, like most species of barbs, are notorious for fin nipping, they're going to eat your fish's fins and leave your fish very stressed to the point that it could die. So in order to combat the tinfoil barbs fin nipping um, tendencies, it's recommended that you keep at least three or four together in a school. But for that to happen, like I said earlier, you need a really large aquarium, at least a 120-gallon aquarium. So I personally don't think the tinfoil barbs are recommended for beginners unless you've got a really big tank. And it's really important. That's why I'm really stressing it a bunch of times here on today's show. Now, the reason I bought my tinfoil barbs at Pet Supplies Plus was because they were jammed in a five-gallon aquarium with a bunch of other cichlids and things of that nature, and I felt bad for them. Um, and I actually do sort of like tinfoil barbs. So I decided that I'd save them, grow them out, and give them to a friend of mine who has a 300-gallon aquarium. And a friend of mine is Asian, so I know that the tinfoil barbs will be going to a good home because they love tinfoil barbs and they take great care of them. Now, if you are interested in keeping a tinfoil barb, they're not very hard to keep. They're very hardy. Matter of fact, they're so hardy that you could actually cycle an aquarium with tinfoil barbs. I personally would not recommend doing that because it could harm your fish, but it could work if you needed to do it that way if you're impatient like I am, but I personally would not recommend any of my fish-keeping listeners to do that. Now, for care for the tinfoil barbs, 
pretty simple. They need a pH of 6.8, 7.4, temperature anywhere from 68 degrees Fahrenheit to 74 degrees Fahrenheit. I noticed that they can't stand hotter water. If the water gets too hot, they'll start jumping out of the aquarium. So make sure it stays at 68 degrees Fahrenheit, 74 degrees Fahrenheit, and their ammonia needs to be at zero. Matter of fact, I've noticed with tinfoil barb, if you have high ammonia or high nitrates, they're just going to start dying off. Um, for some reason, they're just really sensitive to ammonia and nitrates. Other fish, you will have uh, uh, water change to save them. But with tinfoil barbs, like I've noticed with them, they just start dying off as soon as the ammonia and nitrates get high. So always keep that in mind. These fish get really large. They produce a lot of waste. And once that waste gets to them via high ammonia and nitrates, they start dying. So with tinfoil barbs, you are really going to need superb filtration. I really recommend over-filtering a tinfoil barb aquarium like I'm going to be doing with two hang-on-the-back filters and a canister filter or two. Now, tinfoil barbs are not picky eaters. They're, they love both meat and vegetarian options. So I feed my tinfoil barbs their kari cichlid gold sticks, kari krill, kari frozen bloodworms, and all the other meaty foods that I give to my fish. Also, my tinfoil barbs will pick at uh, the cucumber and the zucchini and the lettuce that's in there for my blue phantom plecos and that are in there for my wonderful common pleco, who is pretty big now, by the way. So, as I said, tinfoil barbs will eat pretty much anything. Just make sure you feed them. Now, tinfoil barbs are going to be like a catfish. They're going to eat as much as they can in one sitting. So always limit how much you can feed your fish. Your tinfoil barbs do not need to eat until they get full and bloated because if they eat too much, they can become bloated and have some constipation issues. So I like to feed them just a little bit. I feed them two or three times a day, a little bit in the morning and a little bit at night, right after my show, and that's how much they eat during the day. I give them a little pinch, and they enjoy uh, being fed a little. That way, if I feed them a little bit at a time, I know they're not going to get bloated and get really huge. Plus, the more you feed, the faster they're going to grow. I personally like to enjoy the time with my fish. I don't like to see them grow really quick. Um, I think I, you guys might think that's weird, but for me, I like to enjoy the time I have with my fish, so I feed them less and I do lots of water changes. But for some reason, they still tend to grow fast, so I think that the uh, tinfoil barbs are actually a fast-growing species. Now, there are many varieties of tinfoil barbs out there. Back in the day, they only used to be the common redfin tinfoil barb, but now you have a wide variety of tinfoil barbs out there. You've got the redfin tinfoil barb, or it's also called the red tail tinfoil barb as well. Now you've also got a golden tinfoil barb and an albino tinfoil barb, which are pretty nice. So those are all of the tinfoil barbs that are out there on the market for you. So pretty much I think it's going to cover my topic on tinfoil barbs for tonight's show. I just figured I'd talk about them because I recently got a couple of tinfoil barbs, and I'll take a video of my fish tank, and I'll put it on YouTube tomorrow so you guys can see my red hooks and my Sinbar Super Dollars and my tinfoil barbs. All right. It looks like we have a caller here live on the Aquatic Wetlines, first ever Tropical Fish Mania. Oh, he hung up. I thought we had a caller here on uh, the Aquatic Wetline. 
but I guess we don't. Okay, so coming up next, we are going to talk about silver arowanas, and I'm going to talk about some catfish that I like, Cenodontis eruptus, four-line pimadella, pimadella blotchi, and a couple of other fish I'm going to talk about coming up next here on the aquatic wetline. So I can't wait to uh, talk about those wonderful fish. You are listening live to the Aquatic Wetline Radio Show, hosted by a fish keeper for fish keepers. What's swimming in the tank today? What tropical fish are we talking about today? Let's dive into the fish tank and find out. Feel free to call in at 347-989-8142 with any questions or comments about tropical fish or the topic for today. We'll see you right now here on the Aquatic Wetline. Enjoy the show. Live to the aquatic wetline. Don't be a scared little guppy and call in at 1 347 989 for all your fish keeping needs. Okay, fish keepers, you can go ahead and call in live at 1 347 to discuss your personal favorite fish or ask me, Aqua Alex, any tropical fish keeping questions that you might have. One three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two, and I'd be very happy to answer your tropical fish keeping questions or discuss your favorite fish. Because I'd like to hear other fish keepers' favorite fish. You've been hearing a lot of my favorite fish, so I want to hear a lot of your favorite fish. So go ahead and call in. One three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. All right, let's get back into our topic for tonight's show, and I'll continue discussing some of my personal favorite fish. Now, I want to talk about a monster fish that is personally one of my favorite monsters of all time, and that is the classic South American silver arowana, a fish that is respected by many fish keepers in the aquarium hobby. Um, I really enjoy keeping and observing the silver arowana in my aquarium. I have a silver arowana in my fish tank right now, and it's a very beautiful fish. It swims gracefully in the aquarium, and I have a lot of respect for the silver arowana. Now, as juveniles and sub-adults, a 120-gallon aquarium is perfect for a silver arowana because it has that depth and the width that a silver arowana would love to swim in. My tank is so deep that my silver arowana is comfortable in there. I see him hiding in the back of the depth of the tank all the time, and he swims around, and he enjoys being in that tank. And actually, I get to hand-feed him Marcus shrimp and cubes of bloodworms and stuff. I really do enjoy my silver arowana. I was told that um, by the fish store employee that every time their 120-gallon freshwater display tank is open, they love adding a silver arowana in there because the people that go to their pet store love seeing those graceful arowanas. Now, obviously, a silver arowana is going to require a much bigger tank as it grows because silver arowanas get really huge. We're talking at least three to four feet in length if not bigger. All right, these things get massive. 
need to keep that in mind. Silver arowanas get really huge. All right. We're talking at least three to four feet. I've seen bigger than that. Um, there was a guy that my dad knew that had a three-and-a-half-foot silver arowana, and in the wild, they're known to get at least four-and-a-half feet in length. So most fish keepers aren't able to have a silver arowana because of the fact of how big they get. Um, so if you were wanting to keep a silver arowana, I'd say um, – Make sure that you have you have someone in store for when it gets bigger. In other words, you make sure you have someone that has a large enough tank to house them after you no longer have the size tank that can. Some people might say it's irresponsible, but I think as long as you raise the arowana and you give them to someone that has a big tank, I think it's totally fine in my personal opinion. Now, tank size for a silver arowana, I'd start with a 220-gallon aquarium and work my way up to a 500-gallon aquarium. I personally think that a 220 to 500-gallon aquarium is totally fine for a silver arowana for life. After I grow up my silver arowana, I'm going to consider giving it to one of my personal friends who has a 300-gallon aquarium. I just have to see if he wants a silver arowana, but I'm pretty sure he would. Because, like I said, he loves arowanas, so I'm pretty sure my silver arowana will go to a nice 300-gallon aquarium. Now, let's talk about care for silver arowanas. They are a nice fish, but there is a catch with silver arowanas. They are jumpers. If they don't like the way their water is, which, of course, they're coming from South America, they have to have a neutral pH, 6.7.4, 68 degrees Fahrenheit, 72 degrees Fahrenheit, and, of course, low nitrates and low ammonia, they will jump out. If they are stressed out, they will jump out. Anything can stress out an arowana. It could be, like I said, poor water conditions, or it could be a other fish chasing it around the tank. Instead of being chased, what the arowana is going to do is try to commit suicide or try and get out of the tank, and it will jump out of the aquarium. And that is why I personally... Do not recommend keeping silver arowanas in tanks that have aggressive cichlids or other aggressive fish. It's a bad mix. It's going to result in you losing a $40 to $60 silver arowana. Unless you have another $40 or another $60, and that's just my local prices. Some silver arowanas might be more expensive in other parts of the United States around. I don't think I'd mix them with aggressive cichlids. Uh, so they are jumpers. They jump by instinct in the wild. So the instinct part may happen in the aquarium hobby, but nine times out of ten, it's due to poor water conditions and stress or lack of feeding. I've noticed that a lot of arowanas tend to jump when they are hungry, and in the wild they'll jump for insects. So if there are insects by your aquarium, your arowana is going to start to jump. For example, um, there was a fly in my room today, like a couple hours before the show, and my arowana jumped, but luckily my 120-gallon lids are very large, so he couldn't get out. Right now he couldn't get out, but once he gets a few more inches on him, he probably could break through the glass because silver arowanas have a lot of power and muscle behind them when they get bigger. Uh, but he, he couldn't get through the lids, so what I'm going to have to do now is uh, try and feed him some insects to make him happy. 
I'll probably start going out and buying some earthworms and crickets and things of that nature. And by the way, arowanas love insects. They eat insects in the wild, earthworms, crickets, and things of that nature. All right, so that brings us down to the diet for silver arowanas. Like I said, they love insects, but they love meat. Arowanas love meat, so you should provide them with a lot of meat. Um, I've never seen a silver arowana refuse to eat market shrimp. Market shrimp is great for silver arowana. I've never seen a silver arowana turn down krill. Krill is another great food for silver arowanas. You can also feed frozen fish such as haddock, tilapia, cod, whatever you want to feed your silver arowana. On top of that, you can feed live insects like earthworms, crickets, and things of that nature. So silver arowanas are a perfect fish to have if you like seeing insects get eaten by a fish because it is kind of interesting. You can go on YouTube and find a lot of videos on silver arowanas eating insects. Now, you could feed silver arowanas live fish like guppies and things of that nature, but I personally would not recommend it because a silver arowana would have to swim down to the bottom of the tank and start chasing um, the fish around. And usually they don't swim to the bottom. It kind of stresses them out a lot. So I personally would not recommend that. Now, the next thing to know about silver arowanas, like I said, is they stress out very easy, and I would not recommend housing them with aggressive fish, as I mentioned earlier. Some perfect tank mates for silver arowanas would be silver dollars, larger growing catfish like Raphael catfish, four-line Pimadella catfish, and um, Sedantis catfish, Oxidorus niger catfish, Megalodorus orwini catfish. So some larger growing catfish is ideal for the silver arowana. Peacock bass are fine with silver arowanas. Stingrays are fine with silver arowanas. Larger angelfish can do fine with silver arowanas. I definitely recommend full-grown adult-sized angelfish. That might be controversial. Some of my listeners may disagree with me, but it's fine. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion. Um, discus, fully-grown discus will do fine with silver arowanas. I've seen that a lot. Actually, I have an Asian friend who lives in Asia on my Facebook that has a beautiful, uh, I think it's a 500-gallon tank in Asia that has discus. He has some pigeon blood discus, checkerboard discus, uh, red marlboro discus, and candy apple discus, along with a beautiful uh, two-and-a-half-foot silver arowana and... Um, some cool catfish and placostomuses that are in there. Now, as long as your discus are full-grown, because discus can get pretty big, they get decided with dinner plate, they should do fine with silver arowanas. You could also have oscars with your arowana and some of the less aggressive cichlids, like severums, chocolate cichlids, pea bass, as I mentioned, and datinoids, stingrays, etc. There's a lot of tank mates that you can keep with arowanas. Oscars are more bark than they are bite, and I think Oscars will do fine with silver arowanas. Most fish keepers will tell you that you can't have an arowana with an Oscar, but I think you can. I am doing it personally without a problem. I have actually 
Oscars that are much larger than my Arowana in with, uh, my, I have Oscars that are much larger than my Arowana in my tank right now. I think my Oscars, uh, my two Tigers, are about six inches each, and my Albino Tiger is about eight inches. And my uh, Arowana right now is only about four and four and a half inches, and he's doing fine. Um, they don't scare him when they eat, eat the food at the top of the tank, and they definitely don't chase him or anything like that. So you have a wide variety of tank mates for Arowanas. You obviously don't want to put them in a tank with red devils or any of the Paracroma species or any aggressive cichlid because they will be killed and they will be eaten. All right, it's a shame because they are one of their very beautiful fish and they are very expensive. Now, the next thing I must talk about when I talk about arowanas is the fact of how to net them. A lot of fish keepers admittedly will tell you they're afraid to catch your arowana because nine times out of ten, they're going to jump through the net and they're going to jump out of that container that the fish store workers use. So here is how I catch my arowana if I have to use a net. What I do is I lower the aquarium water level down to 75% or a little bit lower than that. That way the arowana can't jump out that high. He can still jump, but not high enough to get out of the tank. If you have a lot of water in your aquarium and the arowana jumps, it's going to have a high leap of fame right out of your aquarium, but by lowering the water level down by 75%, it ain't going to have that much of a high distance to jump. It may jump like two or three feet, but if your tank is like four or six feet in length, or maybe even seven feet in length, it's not going to be out of the tank. So I lower the water level down to 75%, and I slowly um, use a big net big enough to, to handle the arowana, and what I do is I have the net in one hand and a large T-shirt in the other hand. The large T-shirt is going to trap the arowana so that he can't see anything and so that he won't be startled when he gets caught in the net. It will calm him down. Believe it or not, it works. I, I Believe me, when I first heard that by someone, I was like, that ain't going to work. But I, I did it, and it calmed the arowana down. I never did jump in the net, and that way I'm easily going to transfer him to uh, wherever he's going. You can do it that way. I prefer not to do it that way because I don't like catching arowanas in nets because there's always the possibility, even with a T-shirt, that they can jump out. You can you can put the T-shirt around the arowana when you catch them, but it's still probably going to jump. Mine jumped a little bit, but I, hold on, I held on to it with my hands. We saved them from getting out of the net, if that makes any sense. It does calm the arowana down. Nine times out of ten, the arowana is going to swim right into the T-shirt, and then you can use the net to get the arowana out of the aquarium. But like I said, that is my least preferred method of uh, catching and transporting an arowana. The best method that I use, and this is the method I always use for catching arowanas, unless I can't use this method, is I take a fish transport bag. Those are the bags that your local fish stores will put your fish in. It, what I do is I put the bag in the tank and I chase the arowana around with it. And once the arowana is in the bag, I quickly lift it out of the tank and I tie it as soon as I take it out of the tank. That way the arowana can't jump out. And if the arowana jumps, he's not going to go anywhere because the bag is tied. All right, that is the safest and easiest way to transport an arowana, in my personal opinion. That's what my fish store does, and I have to give my credit to 
School of Fish, Inc. for handling arowanas that way. I've seen the owner, Dave, do it that way, and it's definitely the most uh, best way to transport arowanas or any jumping fish for that matter. So I thought I'd bring that up because I think it's all someone in my Twitter feed asked me, how can you transport a silver arowana? Now, you definitely do not want to put large arowanas in five-gallon buckets because we all know what's going to happen there. They're going to jump right out of that bucket, and usually they're not going to fit in a five-gallon bucket. So you're going, to, you're going to need to use coolers and things of that nature, coolers that have lids and things of that nature. And I'm pretty sure your wife will be pissed at you if you use the family cooler to transport your arowana. But, hey, that's the safest way to uh, transport your arowana in uh, my personal opinion. And that's the only way to transport an arowana that large. I'm talking about arowanas that are in the two feet length and bigger. Now, as you guys already know, there are multiple species of arowanas out there. You've got your Asian arowanas, which unfortunately are illegal here in the United States of America. But then we've got one of my personal favorites. We've got the Giardini arowana. Man, I love the Giardini. Those are a beautiful, beautiful arowana. Very nice-looking fish. Um, they come from Australia, and they tend to be on the more aggressive side compared to the silver arowana. But you can keep those with aggressive cichlids. Then you've got the Lachardi arowana, which is similar to the Giardini. And then you have the black arowana which is um, pretty cool as well. The black arowana is from South America as well, and it has black coloration that will eventually turn into silver coloration. And um, they are actually more expensive than a silver arowana would be, but they are quite worth the money. If I found a black arowana for my silver, I would have gotten a black arowana but unfortunately, down here in western Massachusetts, black arowanas are really rare. And when they do come in, they're like an inch long with their egg sac. And that's one thing I'll talk about right now. Uh, baby silvers and baby black arowanas with egg sacs, I really recommend not buying them because they're very sensitive. They are like discus at that point. Any wrong move can kill them. Any wrong water will kill them. Any dirty water will kill them. Stress is the biggest killer in baby arowanas, so I personally would not recommend buying an arowana smaller than four inches. Go for the four-inch specimens or much bigger, and you will be okay. So I pretty much think I covered everything for arowanas. I will have a show on arowanas very, very soon because my life in the Amazon episode coming up here in May is going to cover monster fish, and there will be a segment on arowanas that I'll be talking about in the Life in the Amazon episode on monster fish. All right? So, so far I've talked about red oak silver dollars, sin bar silver dollars, tinfoil barbs, and now I just talked about uh, silver arowanas. I have three more fish that I think I'm going to talk about tonight. But before I do, I do want to give another live caller plug-in. The number to call in tonight and chat fish is 1-347-989-8142. That, again, is one 
347-989-8142. You can call in and chat about any tropical fish that are your favorite fish, or you can call in and ask any tropical freshwater fish questions that you might have. Again, the number is one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. I know we had one caller at the earlier stage of the show. I uh, went to answer him and hung up. So anyone else is welcome to call in. That again is one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. So by how many times I announced the caller plug-in, you guys know that I love callers already. So go ahead and call in and make this show even more spectacular because I love hearing from other fish keepers. So hopefully we'll have people calling in talking about their favorite fish. All right, let's get back on topic here. Let's see, what other fish do I want to talk about tonight? Let's see. Hmm. I have the thin bar silver dollars covered. I have the red oak silver dollars covered. Those are all the fish that I currently have in my 120 right now. I had the silver arowana covered. All right, so let's talk about a fish that I currently don't own right now, but I do have plans to own this fish in the future, and that is the beautiful South American catfish from the Amazon known as the four-line Pimadella, Pimadella blachii, a very common catfish. You should have no problem finding these in your fish and pet stores wherever you are in the world or wherever you are in the United States of America because the four-line Pimadella is a very common South American Amazonian catfish. Now, the four-line pim is similar to your Pimodellus pictus catfish. Um, I like pictus catfish, but they only get to be about four to five inches in length. But the four-line Pimodella catfish can grow anywhere from six to eight inches in length and is better suited in an Oscar tank, Oscar cichlid tank. So I really want a four-line catfish for my Oscar tank because they get anywhere from six to ten inches in length, and they don't need to be kept in schools like Pictus catfish do. Yes, that's right, your your common Pictus cats need to be kept in schools, but the four-line cat can be kept singly. Now, the four-line catfish is a meat-eating catfish, but don't let that fool you. A four-line Pictus catfish will eat anything, all right? It'll eat anything from a Kari cichlid gold pellet. It'll eat anything from... Um, Bloodworms, market shrimp, any kind of pellets um, your four-line pictus catfish is going to eat. Now, there are very hardy fish, and they are catfish that I would recommend for beginners. If a beginner has a large cichlid tank anywhere from a 75-gallon aquarium and up, a four-line pin will do fine in a 75-gallon aquarium up to a 125-gallon aquarium, and they are the perfect catfish for a beginner who has aggressive cichlids and has a large four-foot to six-foot aquarium. Okay? So we're going to go ahead and stop talking about the four-line catfish for a few minutes here because I noticed we have a live caller on the line. So you're now live on the Aquatic Wetlines first episode of Tropical Fish Mania, and thank you very much for calling in. You are now live on the line, live on the line. with Alex Cardinelli. Hello, you're now live on the Aquatic Wet Line here on Ace Network, and thank you very much for calling in. Uh, hello. 
I sound okay? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, you sound fine. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I just got a couple quick questions for you, if that's okay. That sounds fine. I love answering any questions that I get. Okay, you got a 120-gallon tank, am I correct? Is that what you said? Yep, I have a 120-gallon aquarium, 4 foot by uh, 25 and a half by 25 and a half, I believe. Okay, and how many fish do you have in there? Oh, how many fish do I have? I don't really know. I think I have uh, seven silver dollars. I have four tinfoil barbs. I have three Oscars, two blue phantom plecos, common pleco, and I think that's about it. Oh, yeah, there's uh, two serums and a chocolate ticklet in there. And your uh, silver arowana, right? Yeah, and the silver arowana. You don't... Can I, how many fish can you put in there? Oh, I don't know. Depending on what kind of fish you're keeping, it's a, it's a tough answer. I really don't have an answer for that. Depending on what kind of fish you're keeping, you're keeping like community fish, um, like garamis, neon tetra, things like that. You could probably fit a lot of fish in there. But for me, I know what, I know what you're getting at. You're probably going to say it's a lot of fish in that tank. I actually <laughs> don't plan on keeping all of those fish in there. I'm only growing out some, and I'll be donating, I'll be donating some to a friend who has a large tank. So what I'm going to keep in there permanently is one or two of my Oscars, my Plecos, the Silver Dollars, and one or two of the Severums and the Chocolate Cichlids. So everything I have in there is not a permanent fish. It's just uh, something to add a little bit of color and something I can enjoy. Because, uh, you know, that's a lot of – them fish are messy, for one. And uh, that's an awful lot for that one tank. That's what I was getting at. <clears throat> yeah, I know. But I have a, I have the filtration. I have uh, – Two hang on the back filter. They have an aquion hang on the back, which I which I think is pretty good. It has a lot of uh, good beneficial bacteria on it. It's a pretty good filter. And then I have one that I think is kind of iffy. I'm not a big fan of the Marine Land Emperor filters. But I will be getting one or two canister filters in the tank, and I think that'll be uh, pretty good. Canister filters are great for any tank, but by adding one or two more filters, I'm kind of over-filtering, which is pretty good for the size tank that I have. Yeah, over-filtration never hurts nothing. Yeah. That's true. Um, you should scrap all them fish you got in there and put discus in there. It's a good idea. I've, you know what? I've actually thought about that. I said maybe in a couple of years from now I can turn the 120 into a nice discus tank and have some uh, angelfish and ermino tetras in there. It would be a cool tank. Well, 120 that's wide for them. You know, that's a, pretty much a square tank. You can get a nice piece of driftwood to fit in there. I know. It's a good that idea. Would, for, and then put discus in there. Yeah, that's that's actually a great idea. I'm going to have to do some research on discus, and uh, maybe I'll join the discus side of the hobby. Yeah, you know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just uh, thinking you had an awful lot in that, that tank. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people say that. I know a lot of people like to put a lot of fish in the tank, too, so I'm probably not the only one. Yeah, because, you know, it's not like those fish stay small either. I mean, those uh, tinfoil barbs get huge. I missed some of your show, by the way, because I lost a connection somewhere. But tinfoil barbs, they get pretty big. And so do the Oscars and so does that arowana. Gets, you know, they all get pretty huge. Yeah, you do got a point there, but I like my fish to be huge. Well, I know. I'm just saying, you know, you should have went with a 500-gallon tank. Oh, yeah, I wish I could. That would be an awesome size aquarium. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I just thought I would uh, I was going to question, ask you those questions, but uh, uh, good show and thanks for having me on. You're welcome, and thank you very much for calling, and I appreciate those wonderful questions. 
All right, so anyone else is welcome to call in. The number to call in is one three four seven nine eight nine eight. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I, I, I thought you were still. I, I thought you were still no, on the air. No, 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 no. I, that was my fault. I'm sorry. My son walked by and I was calling him. I apologize. That's okay. That's no problem at all. <laughs> all right. So anyone else is welcome to call in at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two, and you guys can go ahead and chat about your favorite fish. All right. So let's get back in on the topic of four line Pimadella catfish. Um, I think I pretty much talked a lot about them already. Like I said, the four-line pim catfish can eat anything from pellets to shrimp to bloodworms, earthworms, etc. They're a very hardy catfish. And basically the four-line pim can live in anything from a Central American tank, a South American tank, and they may do well in an African cichlid tank, but I personally would not recommend keeping them with Africans because you wouldn't find a four-line pim in Africa and you want to find African cichlids in South America, if you get what I'm getting at. Other than that, there's pretty much not much else to talk about with the four-line Pimadella catfish. They are very hardy, and they can be kept by beginners, and they are a very nice fish. So if you ever see a four-line Pim in your fish store, uh, please recognize the fact that they are going to get pretty big. They're going to get 8 inches to 10 inches in length. Okay. All right, um, now the four-line pim looks a lot different than the Pictus cat. Instead of stripes and spots, the four-line pim is just going to have three or four lines growing across its body, and it will have like a nice triangle by its face, okay? So make sure um, that you always keep that in mind when you're trying to identify a four-line Pictus from a regular Pictus. A regular Pictus is going to have stripes and spots, but a four-line Pictus is simply going to have three or four stripes and a, and a triangular spot by its nose. So that's the four-line Pictus that I want to talk about for tonight. The last catfish that I'll talk about for tonight is one of my personal favorite uh, African catfishes of all time, and that is the Cenodontus eruptus, I guess you call it. I probably butchered the name but it's one of the most common Cenodontus catfish in the aquarium hobby. They call this catfish the lace catfish, and you can find the Cenodontus eruptus, a.k.a. lace catfish, at, unfortunately, your local Walmart, your local PetSmart, and your local Petco. Um, but some some PetSmarts and some Petcos are okay for fish. Uh, so for those ones, those are pretty good. But generally, nine times out of ten, your Walmarts and your PetSmarts and your Petcos really don't have the best of fish. But your fish stores and your local mom and pop pet stores should have your Cenodontus uh, eruptus or your lace catfish. Now, these are perhaps one of my most favorite catfish that I really enjoy ever since a young child. I like the... Um, Cenodontus eruptus catfish. They're very hardy and they can live a while. Now, the Cenodontus eruptus gets anywhere from 7 to 12 inches in length, with 7 inches usually being the max out size for the Cenodontus eruptus catfish. And believe it or not, this is a catfish that can live 
in either African water or regular South and Central American water. So I have no shame in keeping it with um, regular South and Central American cichlids, even though I kind of sound like a hypocrite now. But I really don't have any issues with keeping Sardonitis or eruptive catfish in a tank with other South and Central American cichlids. Now, um, they're going to eat pretty much anything you throw into a tank. They will eat bloodworms, flakes, pellets, uh, brine shrimp, and things of that nature. And by the way, I didn't tell Andy, so don't repeat this to Andy from Dakota Network. I have a large Senodontus eruptus in my tank right now. <laughs> I have a lot of fish that I didn't tell Andy. Uh, so he wouldn't uh, say anything. <laughs> but I have a large Sinodontus eruptus in my tank right now that I pretty much like. So they are a pretty good catfish. They're very hardy. A beginner could have a Sinodontus eruptus in their tank if they know that they are going to get pretty big. Now, they will eat anything. They're meat eaters, so provide them with the best diet that you can. That'll be market shrimp, or any other foods that I just mentioned. Now, tank mates for the Cynodontus eruptus, they can live with African cichlids, they can live with um, Central and South American cichlids, and they can live in a community tank with larger tetras, larger barbs, angelfish, and things of that nature. They, of course, will eat small growing tetras, so they'll eat your neon tetras, but they can live with anything that's too big to become lunch. Um, what else is going to talk about is Sedantus Eruptus? I think that's pretty much it for this show. I will be doing a show on all of the Sedantus catfish, so stay tuned for that. All right. Since I never talked about cichlids tonight, I have one cichlid that I'm going to talk about, and that is the Waru cichlid, hailing from South America. Now, the Waru is a cichlid that I like to call the poor man's discus. Now, walrus get anywhere from 8 to 10 inches in length, and they're a very beautiful fish. They are brown to orange-brown in color, and the walru will eat anything. I have fed my walrus bloodworms, market shrimp, brine shrimp, pellets, uh, earthworms, and even vegetables, and they would eat it. Now, walrus can live with other South American cichlids, such as Oscars, angelfish, chocolate cichlids, severums, geophagus, and much more. Now, walrus are very sensitive to poor water conditions, so always keep that in mind when considering getting a walru. They need pristine water conditions. They live in the same area where discus, angelfish, geophagus, and festivums live. So you're going to need pristine water conditions with walrus, okay? Um, you need a pH of neutral, 6.8, 7.4, and ammonia at zero. And, of course, temperature needs to be really, really good, really, really, really up there in temperature, 68, 74 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, some walrus can be capable of living with uh, discus. That would be a beautiful tank. Walrus and discus together in an aquarium would be a show-stopping aquarium. And I will have a show specifically dedicated to walrus in the future here on the Aquatic Wetline on Ace Network. All right, so that pretty much is going to be all the fish 
that I'm going to talk about on today's debut of Tropical Fish Tuesday, Freshwater Fish Mania. I talked about Sinbar Silver Dollars, Red Hooks, Tinfoil Barbs, Silver Arowanas, Four Line Pictuses, Cenodontis Eruptus, and Walrus. Next week, we're going to have the return of my co-host, Fish Keeper Jeff, back on the show. He had to work tonight, but he'll be back here next Tuesday. And I promise you, Fish Keeper Jeff will be talking about freshwater puffers next Tuesday on our second episode of Freshwater Mania. So I'll figure out what fish I'll talk about next week and let you guys know in a couple of minutes. So today's episode of the Aquatic Wetline, heard live here on East Network, is being brought to you by Akari Sales USA, uh, who has some of the best tropical fish food for all your fish out there in the hobby, whether they're freshwater or saltwater, whether they're an Oscar, a clown knife, a red-tailed cat, a silver arowana, or even your little fancy goldfish. There are, there are food for you from Akari. Check out Akari Seals USA today. Today's show is also being sponsored by ST International Aquarium Supply. They have aquarium supplies for all your fish, whether they're live plants or neon tetras, discus, angelfish, or oscars. ST International Aquarium Supply has the supplies for you. School of Fish, Inc., for all the fish keepers here in Western Mass. There are plenty of freshwater fish at School of Fish, Inc., for your hands. And then our non-fish keeping friends sponsor today's show. Today's show is sponsored by Cheesecakes by Design and Dakota Network Paranormal Hour. Andy from Dakota Network has a wonderful paranormal show that you guys should listen to if you're into the paranormal stuff. So all of our sponsors make sure that the Aquatic Wetline on Ace Network and the Ace Network is able to broadcast for two hours straight. That's right. All of our sponsors make sure that we stay premium. So thank you to our sponsors. So before we end the show, we're going to go ahead and take a commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to announce what fish I'm going to talk about next week. And I have a couple of radio show announcements for the Ace Network. So stick around, folks. Hikari offers a wide selection of aquatic diets to help you and your fishy friend find success. With more than 137 years of aquatic experience, Hikari was the originator of species-specific diets long before others thought it was important or trendy, and the first to bring unique products to fish keepers like algae wafers, the world's first diet specifically formulated for Picosinus, Micropellets, the world's first micro-coated aquatic diet for tropical fish, Saki Hikari, the world's first probiotic-enhanced diet for koi, goldfish, cichlid, and now turtles, and Biopure the world's cleanest and most nutrition-packed frozen and freeze-dried foods, industry trendsetters when they were first introduced. When you're looking for the best aquatic diets your hard-earned money can buy for your aquatic pets, look no further than Hikari. Your fish and your wallet will be forever grateful. ST International Cram Supply is a proud sponsor of the Aquatic Wetline Podcast as heard here live on the ACE Network. ST International offers aquarists a variety of fine aquarium products, including filters, heaters, aquarium feeders for your fish. We offer the best planted aquarium equipment on the market today. You can even become a member of our website and receive discounts on our products, anywhere from 5 to 20% off. So come check out ST International Aquarium Supply at 
www.st.international.com or call us for more information at 1-800-900-8288. For orders over $175, ST International will ship your order to you for free. So come check out ST International today. School of Fish, Inc. offers everything an aquarium hobbyist in western Massachusetts needs. We offer the best of livestock from freshwater to saltwater and everything in between. We also have the best corals and live rock. School of Fish, Inc. carries the best brands of fish food, medications, and equipment such as Hikari, Tetra, Marineland, API, and much more. Stop by and check us out today. School of Fish, Inc. located at 1865 Page Boulevard, Springfield, Massachusetts. And we can be reached at 413-543-1994. We're open Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Closed Tuesdays. Check out School of Fish, Inc. That's School of Fish, I-N-C on Facebook for exclusive deals, specials, and see what's new. Are you looking for something creamy, moist, and decadent in your life? Do you have a sweet tooth? Well, cheesecakes are the answer for you. Cheesecake by Design offers you a wide variety of cheesecakes and some wonderful flavors. At Cheesecake by Design, you will find a flavor just for you. Whatever it be, a red velvet cheesecake, a strawberry cheesecake, or a cookies and cream cheesecake. We have tons of flavors to fit your needs. We ship fresh cheesecakes all over the United States straight to your door. So next time you're hosting a party, a family get-together, or a cookout, and you need dessert, order a delicious, moist, creamy cheesecake from Cheesecake by Design. Our cheesecakes are always homemade and made with the freshest possible ingredients. Check out our website and call 336-525-5120 with any questions or to place an order. Are you interested in the paranormal? Do you find it interesting when people tell ghost stories or tell you stories about things that have happened to them that they cannot explain? Then, if you are, join me, Andrew J., on the Dakota Network as I interview paranormal investigators, cryptozoologists, and everything paranormal. You won't be disappointed, so please feel free to come over to the Dakota Network That's Dakota Network on Blog Talk Radio. And listen to me live as I interview these interesting people. I will have paranormal investigators on there that are going to share EVPs. They're going to talk about some of the more interesting stories they have. So please, come over and check me out. You won't be disappointed. And thank you for your time. Wonderful sponsors who helps who help keep the aquatic wetline and the ace network on air. So uh thank you very much for sponsoring our lovely show. 
And today we had a fantastic episode of the Aquatic Wetline, where I talk, talked about some of my favorite tropical fish, ranging from red oak silver dollars to thin bar silver dollars to tinfoil barbs to four-wine catfish to arowanas to walrus and synodontist catfish. This was a great show. Now, next Tuesday, live at 8 p.m. Eastern, we're going to have our second episode of Freshwater Mania. And our co-host, Fishkeeper Jeff, should be live next Tuesday here on the Aquatic Wetlands Tropical Fish Mania. And next Tuesday, Fishkeeper Jeff will talk about freshwater puffer fish for the first time ever. We're talking about MBU puffers, Fahaka puffers, freshwater dwarf puffers, hairy nose puffers, and much more. Jeff will talk to you guys about all those freshwater puffers. As for me next week, I'm going to talk about some more of my personal favorite fish. I will talk about firemouth cichlids, convict cichlids. I will talk about blue phantom plecos. I will talk about green phantom plecos. I will talk about um, triple beacon plecos. I will talk about, let's see, what else do I want to talk about next week? Geophagus and some other species of, uh, species of fish. So I'll leave you with the fish species that I just listed. Those are all the fish species that I'll talk about next Wednesday, next Tuesday, plus some other ones that will be a surprise because I like to surprise my listeners. Okay, so hopefully you guys enjoyed our first episode of Tropical Fish Tuesday, Freshwater Mania, and next week we'll have a whole shebang of our favorite fish species that we will uh, talk about. Oh, one other species of fish that I'm going to talk about next week is the lima shovenos, one of my personal favorite shovenos catfish. All right, so before I end the show, I have to announce it. My ego is telling me to announce it. Um, tomorrow, Wednesday, May 13th, 2015, at 8 p.m. Eastern, the Alice Cardinelli Show perhaps has its biggest guest in a while. That's right. If you, my listeners, want to have your own show here on Blog Talk Radio, or if you already have your own show here on Blog Talk Radio, learn how to be successful here on Blog Talk Radio. Because tomorrow, live at 8 p.m. Eastern, Blog Talk Radio veteran host, Mr. Ramon Garrett, will be my guest. And he's going to tell me and my listeners how to be successful with their podcast here on Blog Talk Radio. So make sure you tune in tomorrow if you want to learn how to be successful on Blog Talk Radio live tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern. All right, fish heads, thank you for tuning in to tonight's episode of the Aquatic Wetline, brought to you by Akari Sales USA, ST International Aquarium Supply, and School of Fish, Inc. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. If you did, please share the show on your Facebook, Twitter, and Google Plus account. And I really, really would love to see you tune into all my other shows here on the ACE Network. With that being said, have a great rest of your Tuesday, and thank you for tuning in to the Aquatic Wetline here on ACE Network. I'm Aqua Alice Cardinelli, and I say good night, sayonara, see you later, everyone. Take on and happy fish keeping. Thank you for listening to the Aquatic Wetline here on ACE Network. Oscar Alex and his tank mates at the Aquatic Wetline hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget the Aquatic Wetline 
airs Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Standard Time, and every other Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, exclusively here on the Ace Network. Fish Keepers, if you enjoyed the show, please copy and paste the URL to your Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. Tank on, Fish Keepers, and Oscar Alex and the Aquatic Wetline swim away. The Aquatic Wetline is off the air. Good night, everybody. Today's podcast belongs to the Ace Network, Alex Cardelli Entertainment Network. It may not be reused, redistributed without permission from Alex Cardinelli himself. This podcast was recorded live from the Springfield, Massachusetts studio and Ace Network.